What's happening? Welcome into the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Monday, May the 10th, 2021. This is episode 65 of the show. However you listen to this thing, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the podcast. If you're someone who listens audio only, you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com, among other spots. If you're someone who watches along over on YouTube, all you need to do is search bar Matt Bernier show. You'll get this episode along with the 64 prior. This week, uh, the intention was to have some listener and viewer questions, a little Q&A going back and forth. I did receive a few of those submissions. Uh, Trish Smith, I know, was involved. Peter Appleby was involved. Uh, among a couple others. And if you want to be involved, send me some sort of a question or even a, a little clip over to bernier.matt89 at gmail.com. Uh, but unfortunately, for obvious reasons, uh, I'm going to sort of punt on that. This week's show is going to be very, very brief. I'm going to keep it to about 15 or 20 minutes because the, the Preakness is coming up on Saturday afternoon. Um, I'm going to assume the Derby winner, Medina Spirit, is going to be running, but that's not concrete at this moment. Um, unless you, I don't know how you would have missed it, but we all know at this point that Medina Spirit tested positive for a medication violation following the Kentucky Derby uh, two Saturdays ago. And now, you know, there are a number of things going on here. Uh, Bob Baffert is very adamant that the horse has never been administered this medication. It's a corticosteroid. I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate what it does or doesn't do. I'm not a vet. Never have been, never will be. Never going to try to play one on TV. It's one of those things where I I couldn't tell you what any of these medications do. I know they're supposed to be just for therapeutic things, and I have no reason to believe otherwise. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say with sort of, you know, vehemently say one way or the other, oh, this does this, this does that. I have no idea. So I'm not going to bother. What I do know is this was something that the horse was not allowed to have in his system and he had it in there. And for me, it's one of those things that, well, look, we can just go through it. For someone of this stature to have this happen for the fourth time in a little more than a calendar year, it becomes less and less... It becomes more and more difficult for me to believe that it that it's just total chance. And I'm all about due process. I'm all about people innocent until proven guilty. But there is an element of when things continue to happen and you're the one, the only one, at this level that they continue to happen to, it, it becomes more and more difficult for, for me and I'm sure many out there to give the benefit of the doubt. The four times that this has been documented, once with Charlatan in the Arkansas Derby, twice with Gamin, one race down in Arkansas, one race in the Kentucky Oaks, and now with Medina Spirit. And I recognize the Arkansas rulings have been overturned, but the point, point being, something came up. Baffert says the horse, Medina Spirit, has never been treated with the medication. To me, that means one of four things is going on. And this is just my opinion. Either there is some sort of conspiracy out there where people are out to get him. I, I'm also someone who doesn't like to speak in absolutes until you have all the details. Now, I think that is extremely, extremely unlikely that there are people out to get Bob Baffert. I just, I, I have a very hard time believing that. 
that he of all people is the one that they're out to get. But again, not liking to speak in absolutes, I can't say with 100% certainty that that he's that he's wrong with that sort of statement and that feeling. I think it's extremely unlikely. That's my opinion. So if it's not some sort of a conspiracy theory where everybody's out to get him, it could be some sort of a contaminated sample, and we'll wait to find out what the split sample comes back looking like. Unfortunately, that's going to take a little bit of time. And th that's possible. You can't rule that out. We've seen time and time again that random little things get crossed over, and, and one thing leads to another, and boom, you've got some sort of a positive test. I I'm not going to sit here and, and say that that is uh, you know, an outlandish claim. Totally possible. And again, giving the benefit of the doubt, in this case, saying, you know what, that's, it's plausible. It's plausible. Did it happen? Is that the case? I, I don't know. No one knows right now. So I can't rule that out as far as my feelings are concerned. The third option or the third scenario is there's something happening within his own barn that he's unaware of, which I, I find so hard to believe that someone of that stature could possibly not know everything that's going on in their barn. And he he came out with a statement a while back saying he needs to do a better job of, of keeping an eye on everything going on in the barns and, you know, the, the buck stops with him and, and, you know, responsibility, which I appreciate. But if, if there is something happening within the barn that he is unaware of, that that's almost as bad as the worst case scenario because that's just just negligence. You're just, you're totally unaware of, of what's happening under your care. Your name is out there. To not know if there is something happening within your own barn, your workplace, that's, that's pretty damning. I think it's unlikely that that's the case. So those are three scenarios. And then the fourth scenario is that there's something else going on. And what that is, I don't know. But basically... The argument that we don't know what's going on is, is BS. And I think that's a possibility. So I, you can't rule out any of those four scenarios. At least I can't. I'm not going to sit here and, and say definitively that one of these things is true. But to me, those are the four scenarios that present themselves here. Either, either people are out to get them. I, I think extremely unlikely, but I suppose possible. There's some sort of a contaminated sample. Plausible. Can't rule it out. Wouldn't be the first time it's happened. There's something going on within his own barn that he doesn't know about. That I find extremely difficult to believe. Or there's something else going on. I, I believe in due process. Believe in innocent until proven guilty. And, I mean, really, if you peel it back from a human element... If, if he's getting screwed, and there are people out there that he, they're just saying, take him down at all costs, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, I mean, that's not a position anyone deserves to be in. I mean, that, that would be just an unbelievable layer to this entire thing. When I say unbelievable, I don't, I don't literally mean unbelievable. It would just be such a shocking piece that there was some sort of a, an underground movement to say, you know what, he's the guy, we need him out of here. He's winning too much or whatever the case may be. 
But at the same time, anyone with half a nut in their head, you, you have to acknowledge that there's one individual that this continues to happen to. Why is that? Why is it that one person? It's not these other big names. And look, other people have had overages in the past. Don't get me wrong here. This, this to me is not necessarily a Bob Baffert thing. I'll get into that in a minute. But the first time, okay, maybe something happened. You know, we've heard different pieces. And by the way, I, hadn't, I didn't even mention Justify, who had his own issues. First time, okay, things happened. Second time, well, you know, again, things happen, but strange that now it's happened twice. The third time, now we get a little bit of a trend. And again, it could certainly be just bad luck. Uh, but now... Now we have mounting possibilities or mounting things going against. And then a fourth one, not including Justify or any of the other things that have happened in the past, it becomes more and more difficult to sit here as a fan, as someone who works in the business, as someone who gambles on these events and say, what the hell's going on here? Something's not right. To me, the the bigger piece of this entire story and this entire situation, and I have no idea if the horse is going to be disqualified from the Derby or not. I mean, it would certainly be a big story, but that to me is not what the, the story, the headline is. And I'm hopeful, and I think people are onto this and feeling the same way. There is zero accountability for anything in this industry. None. You can get away with terrible, terrible things and you don't even get a slap on the wrist. You get what what amounts to a parking ticket. You pay it and it's gone. We we see some of these overages result in fines of five hundred to a thousand dollars. Explain to me what the hell a thousand dollars is going to do to some of these folks. Let's just say, for instance, I don't know. You just want a stakes race. Three hundred thousand dollars is the purse. Winner shares sixty percent, some of there about. You get one hundred and eighty grand out of it. You're almost incentivizing me to toe that line. If at worst, what am I going to get? A fifteen day suspension, and I'm going to have to pay a thousand dollar fine. Who cares? What? What? Why would I not push the envelope? The the punishment. It's not even a punishment. It's not even time out for, for a little kid. There's just no, there's no reason for, for these folks to not push it to the, the absolute limit. And in some cases over the limit. Because the punishments don't, there's no detractor to it. Think about that. And I'm saying a $300,000 race. Forget about a $3 million race. What difference does it make to me if you take $1,000 and I just won, I mean, again, insert whatever purse size you want and the, and the winner's share, or not even the winner's share, the runner-up share. What incentive is there for me to look at it and be like, we need to make sure we are not close to this number, this number, and this number. When if we do end up a little bit over, ah, who cares? We'll pay our fine. 
We'll pocket the rest of the money. By the way, forget about the betters. Forget about the folks that are the lifeline of the industry. I maintain, and it's coming out more and more. You see more and more people talk about it. First and foremost, the most important entity in the entire industry is the horse. That's why we always talk about aftercare and taking care of them when they're done, when their job on the track, when they can't do it anymore, they need to have a safe home to go to. The horse is the first and foremost piece of the entire thing. And if you want to say 1B are the folks who handle the animals and the folks who pay the bills for the animals, I'm not going to argue with you. But don't take the better for granted. Because without the better, these purses don't look the way that they do. And I can even take it a step farther than that and say, forget about the horse racing better. So many of these different establishments are connected to casinos and they get subsidies from slot machines, which are funded by gamblers. Don't piss on the gambler because without them, you have nothing. So you take all this into consideration. Well, the penalties aren't stiff enough. I mean, just think about this for a minute. And I'm not, this, this is just sort of the tip, you know, the, the perhaps the tipping point. But the, the point is, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the medication overage for Medina Spirit was a steroid or, or sort of your, your air quotes traditional use of, of the term when I compare it to Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball had a, had a steroid issue. They had a problem. All their guys looked like they had just got done at Muscle Beach at Gold's Gym and they were hitting 500-foot home runs on the reg. Eventually, they hit a breaking point, Major League Baseball, and they had to do something about it for the integrity of the game, which I'll get to again in a moment before we wrap things up. The punishments for people abusing steroids... Now, let's, let's think about this. Put this into per perspective and compare it to what we're talking about with horse racing, where I was just talking about $500 to $1,000 for a fine. You get a 15-day suspension. They cut it down to seven, whatever it may be. And I recognize there have been instances where the fines are larger than that, but they're not anything substantial. Major League Baseball, suspensions for PEDs. The first positive test results in a 50-game suspension without pay. Now, for those of you that don't pay attention to baseball, there's 162 games in a Major League Baseball season. So you're dealing with almost a third of the season without pay. You're gone. That's it. Compare that to what horse racing does in these different jurisdictions all across the country. Again, it's not even a slap on the wrist. It's not even timeout for a toddler. It's just... It's, it's effectively, eh, don't worry about it. Just, just brush it under the rug. We'll move on. Hey, don't keep, you know, don't, don't do that. You know, wagging the finger at folks. That's for the first offense. Second offense is a hundred game suspension without pay in major league baseball. And I believe this, this extends into minor league baseball as well. They may have a slight tweak as far as their discipline system is concerned, but nearly two thirds of the season for a major league baseball player for the second offense of performance-enhancing drugs, without pay. And a third positive test is a lifetime ban. 
Now, put that into perspective. And simply because this this is where we are, that for on four instances, a little bit more than a year, as far as the calendar is concerned, we're we're talking about four medication overages. If this were Major League Baseball, we'd be talking about a lifetime ban. But you would like to think that after the first discipline, the first level of it, the parties involved would recognize we can't we can't do this. This is our livelihood. We can't go that far. Let's fall back in line and and make sure that all of our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. And let's not let's not even let's not even get close to the line. That's that's one of among many problems, but that's one of the biggest problems with any of this sort of stuff. And this isn't specifically a Baffert thing. This this goes on with many trainers. Many of you can look them up and find names. I'm, I don't need to supply them for you. You know. The penalties are not stiff enough. They're not severe enough. You're not... De- there's no incentive not to push the envelope at this point. And then the gambling aspect and the long-term health of this game. The moment you call into question the integrity of any given event, you've, you've lost it. It's a rudderless ship now because the, you, you've lost the narrative. You've lost the, you've lost the idea that what is happening, that you, the event you're putting on or the event that you're pumping up the tires of, You've, you've lost that element of what your eyes are seeing is reality. Which, in some cases, is fine. People enjoy professional wrestling. That is a scripted event. Hate to break the news to some, if anybody was unaware of that. Professional wrestling is fake. Now, when I say fake, they're still, the men and women are still athletes. They do athletic things. You see, I mean, they are, they're athletes, but it's a scripted event. It's, it's not necessarily who is better than who at what. The moment that gets called into question with something like a sporting event, a basketball game, we saw what happened all those years ago with Tim Donaghy. The referee in the NBA who was on the take and there were things going on. The minute you call into question the validity of an event is the minute people stop trusting you. With this, on the biggest stage, quite literally the biggest stage, didn't get any bigger than, than that, than the Kentucky Derby. It, it's n- I can't sit there and tell someone I mean, my phone's been going nuts for the past, what is it now, 36 hours? Maybe a little more than that. If I can't sit there with a straight face and say, for certain, I know nothing's going on, that doesn't seem like a problem. That doesn't seem like a problem to anybody. That that I can't definitively sit there and say nothing, there's no funny business. 
And then they come back to me and go, why am I betting on this? And what is my answer? I, I don't know. I don't know. You see how this becomes a problem? And you can take steps to make this not be a problem. And I know I've had people, you know, send me messages saying, uh, you know, Hisa or Hisa, however you want to pronounce it, you know, in 2022, da 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 Guys, this is not something that happened overnight. This has been going on for years. And people have just turned their head. Out of sight, out of mind. The perception that an event is not on the level. If that's the case, and again, at the biggest, biggest stage, the largest event that we have, you're screwed. You lose the faith that what you're seeing is genuinely who's the best. And it's on the level, it's on the square. If you lose that perception from the public, it's over. It's over. And especially in a game where the betting means as much as it does. And I've spoken about it before, and now this just continues to feed into that thought. If horse racing doesn't pay attention to the absolute tsunami, the tidal wave that's coming that is sports betting, this is the sort of stuff that's, I mean, you already don't have room for this. Now you add this into it. I mean, boy, you are really pissing off a lot of people. This is the sort of stuff that cannot happen. Absolutely cannot happen. However, it continues to happen. And continues to happen. Partially for the reasons I've laid out, but there are many other reasons why this continues to happen. And it's discouraging. It's hard to continue to be... It's hard to continue to advocate for it because you're running out of answers. You're running out of ways to twist whatever the scenario is. Well, so it could be this, this, and this, and that's why this happens. We're running out of stuff here, folks. The industry as a whole needs to get its head out of its you-know-what. Sharpen up. Don't take the fans and the betters for granted because they don't have to stay. There are other options. There are other more cost-efficient options right next door. And I'm telling you, that wave is coming. Get your shit together or else you're going to be left behind. I'll wrap it up with this. I tweeted it out uh, Tuesday mid-afternoon, somewhere thereabouts. Regardless of the outcome, And how everything plays out. Whether the horses race this weekend, whether that split sample comes back negative, all that stuff. The racing industry needs to realize how incompetent and foolish we all look. The public perception, the public only cares about us once, maybe twice a year. And we look like we can't keep our own house in order. It's embarrassing. Stop ignoring things. Start fixing stuff. 
Don't wait for other things to happen and say, oh, well, this is in the pipeline. This is coming. No, you don't have time for that. What, what part of this don't the decision makers understand? You don't have time to sit back and wait. Be proactive, not reactive. Don't let it get to this point. You nip it in the bud, this doesn't happen. And if it does, you have penalties that deter people from doing it again. I'm not saying anything profound here. This is common sense. When you give people an inch, they're going to take a mile. Let me know what your thoughts are. Beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Be very interested to see what happens over the next few days leading into the Preakness in Baltimore. If we're going to have the Derby winner running, uh, who else is going to show up in the race? How is it all going to unfold? Your guess is as good as mine at this point because it's hard to just speculate on what the field's going to look like. You take out one or two of those horses that are main players, the entire complexion of the race changes. So uh, we should find out... uh, about 4 o'clock on Tuesday, I guess. That's the uh, scheduled post-draw for the Preakness Stakes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. However you listen to this thing, thank you for doing so. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. Over on YouTube, search bar Matt Bernie or show. You get this episode along with the 64 prior. However you listen, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means a great deal to me and everyone else involved within the money media. Uh, If you're over on YouTube, please make sure that bell icon is lit up so you get notified anytime new content is uploaded. I promise. I promise we will get into some Q&A next week and and, and Trish and and Peter Appleby and anybody else that's uh, wanting to leave some things over at burnier.matt89 at gmail.com. We'll get to those next Monday as well as wrapping up what happened uh, with this coming weekend anyway in the Preakness down at Pimlico in Baltimore. Until then. Best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 65 of the Matt Bernier Show.